0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic Hits.
0: The leader of Ireland's newest political party and former Sinn Féin TD, uh, Padre Tobin, has said immigration into the country needs to be managed at a sustainable level. Mr Tobin was speaking at the national launch of his new party, uh, AIM2 uh, in Ballyfermot, South Dublin on Saturday. He said, there is no doubt there is a growing unease and concern among many people in Ireland around the issue of immigration. Our view is very simple. There needs to be a sustainable level of immigration in this country and it needs to be managed. There needs to be some link between the capacity of the country and the numbers of people coming in. If there's not, there's going to be hardship for the Indigenous and the newcomers alike. Now, Ain't 2 formed three months ago uh, following Mr Tobin's resignation from Fain last year over his opposition to the party's stance supporting uh, abortion. But the new party plan uh, is to run up to 70 candidates in the local elections next month, with 65 selected so far to date. And he joins me on the line today. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Padder. Good afternoon to you. Uh, Well, part of the first thing, before we get to everything about Ain't Two, I notice here on my script that I have, there's no father over your eye. Now, the the reason I'm going to say that to you is because the data watchdog today, by the way, has just said uh, that it's not somebody's right to have a father over their eye. This is after a complaint was put in by somebody from a bank. I just wanted to get your view on that because you carry a father, obviously. Uh, Do you believe that this is somebody's right to have a father over their eye?
1: I think it's someone's right that their name is spelled properly. And uh, anybody who knows that about the Irish language will tell you that if you don't use fathers in the right places, you can get two different words. Oh, so, you'd be Pat
0: or Tobin, wouldn't you?
1: So, and this is it. So the Irish for caulca, um share, if it didn't have a father over the eye, would be Kaka which has a completely different meaning and you wouldn't like to be eating you, at, at a party.
0: <laughs> <Absolutely not. laughs> well, getting to AIM2, two. AIM2, two, of course, is Irish for unity uh, and that's what you claim your party is about is unity, I suppose, for have, to have everybody in Ireland united in some way but united not just in the Republic of Ireland and the North of Ireland because I know you remember Sinn Féin but also united in the way we believe and the way we think. I mean, Padder, I mean, your resignation from Sinn Féin was over, I suppose, your stance on abortion. Uh, you stood there in RTÉ and you... You, I suppose, fought the or the fight. Uh, it didn't work out too well, unfortunately. Uh, you lost the battle, so to speak. Uh, were you disappointed with that, by the way?
1: Well, first of all, like, the, the, I suppose human rights is an important issue for AIM2. We believe that everybody should have the human right to life, and we still do. And, you know, our, our voice and our view on that would resonate with at least a million people on the island of Ireland who would also feel... Still that you know every individual human being should have the right to life, you know, and we aim to see can we vindicate that right to life uh, politically in the years to come and you 're right there last Saturday we had the first national launch of AN2 we had over six hundred people come from across ireland 's thirty two counties uh, we showcased um, well over sixty uh, local election candidates uh, at that event. And, you know, considering that we only started three months ago, we have had a phenomenal level of momentum for AIM2 just in that short period of time. It's interesting that we had a, um, you know, we had three hours of debate on, you know, the division that exists in Irish society. And you're right, AIM2 means unity. And we aim to uh, unite Ireland north and south, but also east and west, also between the overheating capital and the sprawling um, um, commuter belt and the emptying uh, regions. And also we, you know, we want to unite you know, and work for people who are healthy but those who are waiting for health care, who are housed but those who are waiting uh, for housing. We want to make sure that we have one Ireland without the divisions we believe have been fostered. Uh, by the likes of Leo Varadkar's uh, economic policies.
0: Okay, but in, in relation to those problems that we have when it comes to health care, when it comes to housing, there is a contributing factor to all those things, and people to call it the elephant in the room, is that many people are coming into this country. We've become an multicultural society where we have a huge influx of people, particularly over the last 10 to 15 years, have come into Ireland, both from Europe and outside Europe. Uh, do you believe that we can accommodate that many people? Because Simon Coveley suggested recently we could accommodate 10 million people in this country.
1: Well, first of all, just, I suppose to put the thing in context, uh, at this particular meeting, we spoke for three hours about policy and the issue of immigration wasn't mentioned at all by us. Uh, an Irish Times journalist came along and he mentioned, he asked the question that this is a, a, an issue that on the rise amongst some and what do we think about it? And very simply, we, we stated our policy. We stated that, you know, those who come from uh, war-torn areas... Like Syria, come, yeah, exactly. violent uh, places of violence and places of famine, that, you know... Ireland, with the history we've had, should have an ethical response to those people and should be able to, to, to give refuge to those people in their time of need, according to European and, and international law. We, we also said that there was uh, uh, economic migrants coming into the country and that economic migrants play a valuable role uh, in our in, in economy. Indeed, the health service and many other areas of society wouldn't be functioning properly if we didn't have those economic migrants. But we did mention the fact that some people are coming to us and saying that they are anxious uh, with regards uh, the the um, the capacity in the economy around uh, migration and we said very simply that a debate should be had. uh, But you know as well as I
0: do, Pada, that every time that debate kicks off, somebody's accused of being racist along the line by, well, one of the many quangos that are out there that are funded by the state. They will accuse people of being racist as soon as you start that debate.
1: And this is the the reason why AIM2 exists. AIM2 is sick of the groupthink in this country. It's sick of the orthodoxy in this country. And it's sick of the censorship that exists in particular debates. There is a Twitterati outside uh, at the moment, and there is immediate establishment i believe in a political establishment in this country that sees itself as radically progressive and liberal but still closes down uh, the democratic debate on a range of different issues i would make the point that ireland was a shockingly orthodox place in the 1950s with no toleration of dissent but that ireland now is exactly the same place it's a different type of orthodoxy on different issues but the intolerance for dissent is exactly the same. So, but I mean, when I, when I
0: just look, sorry for interrupting you, but you, you, obviously your party kicked off with a performance of traditional music, including the harp and the fiddle. All right, so what I'm saying is. You seem to want to have a traditional Ireland. I'm not suggesting dancing at the crossroads, but certainly a traditional Ireland. And you believe, obviously, that our sovereignty should be retained our identity should be retained. But isn't that very difficult? As a small island, which is currently part of the EU, uh, with what we call a global village and people moving around quite substantially at the moment, particularly across the Mediterranean. We've seen that over the last few years. That It's just a fact that Ireland, over the last 15 years, has seen a huge influx of people, many of those legal, many of those illegal, uh, come into this country. There's even a suggestion by the Immigrant Council, I think it was the Immigrant Council this morning, suggested that we should look at some sort of amnesty for those that are here illegally. Uh, the, the system of direct provision, and you talked about that yourself, that you believe it's shameful. I'm not going to disagree with that, mm. but it's the process that's there. We have appeal after appeal after appeal. Many people there six, seven years but because they're appealing it constantly over and over again. So how do we change the system so that if somebody does come here and says, listen, I'm in trouble back in my home country, I need to stay here, and we decide, you know, well, you can or you can't, do we start deporting more people? 85% of people weren't deported on foot of the fact that we believe they weren't telling the truth. So how do we deal with that?
1: Well, there's there's a lot in that question. And the first point I will mention to you is the people who are coming to us with regards anxious, uh, who are anxious around this issue, They're saying to to me that they're competing for scarce resources with newcomers. Now, I would believe personally that the reason they're competing uh, for scarce resources is because actually Leo Varadkar and his government have withdrawn from the building of housing properly over the last uh, decade. They've been withdrawn with regard to proper investment in housing and health care and education. And it it actually is not the fault of the newcomer that we have uh, these pinch points, but rather than... It's the fault of the government. Now, the other point I'd mention...
0: But the the newcomers are part of... When I say part of the problem, I don't mean they're personally part of the problem. But they are part of the problem that we have with housing because we have an increasing population, many of those coming from other countries. At one stage in 2013, the Fingal area alone had more than half the people on the housing list were non-Irish.
1: Well, like, PayPal, uh, about a year and a half ago, put out a statement to say that they were asking their workers, did their workers have spare rooms uh, in their houses so that they could be used to accommodate new people who are coming to work in PayPal. We know there are pinch points within society, Aintu is very simply saying let's make sure that we have the necessary investment in those uh, infrastructures and that we have a match between capacity and the number of people coming into the country, that we have a plan. That is sustainable. The opposite to having a plan is having no plan. The opposite to sustainable what is unsustainable.
0: What is, is the plan, What is well, the plan? Well, well, I mean, when you sit, well, let, let's focus on one thing, direct provision, right? Currently, at the moment in this country, we have uh, nearly 5,000 people in direct provision, right? Many of those people are on appeals after appeal. Many there are a long time. How do you solve that problem of direct provision?
1: Well, first of all, can I say, I've been attacked ferociously on, the, on, on social media and in the media by Aeon O'Riordan, with well, he
0: probably thinks you're a on, well, an Nigel Farage or something well, like that. And, and,
1: and, and the problem here is, these are the people who are standing over and who created the, the, the direct provision, and they are getting up on, on their, their, their ivory tower currently and condemning anybody that actually wants to have a, a particular discussion on it. And the worry I have, and this is really important, if we don't have a respectful, reasonable discussion about issues such as this, in this liberal democracy, this mature liberal democracy that we're meant to have today, we're simply going to suppress these debates. These, do, these debates won't disappear. They will just go to groups of people who won't use them in a responsible and respectful fashion, and who will actually ferment real difficulties for the political establishment uh, down the route. So Nigel Farage, in, in many ways, is probably a symptom of the mainstream in Britain not dealing with these issues as they arose. So well, c- the, well the issues come up censorship. again today in
0: Brexit, hasn't it? Because now you've got Theresa May going back to Europe to say, can we be part of um, the European uh, Customs Union, but not part of free movement for people? And that's exactly what David Cameron asked for four years ago. They probably didn't need to have a referendum and at all, to be honest. Exactly.
1: To, to be honest, if the EU is the biggest threat to the EU currently, if the EU had the sense to be able to tailor its responses to individual countries, to the needs of those individual countries, there would be no referendum and Britain would not be leaving the EU. Would you,
0: would you like to see a... I mean, this is what the British people wanted, of course, that's what Nigel Farage was promoting when he promoted Brexit. That's what David Cameron was asked to do before the referendum even happened, was go to the EU and say, can we stop the free movement of people from outside the EU? Do you, do you believe, Pablo, that Ireland should have some sort of deal with the EU or countries like Ireland, whereby we can say, well, look, we, we don't want to see the free movement of people in Ireland?
1: I think the countries should be able to go to the European Union with these types of concerns and be able to engage with them, discuss with them, and find solutions uh, to ensure that those countries have a tailored solution to their particular needs. I think, as well, you, you mentioned, and I just want to make the, the point of direct provision. Direct provision is one of the most shameful aspects of Irish society. We have a, a, a media who love to look at the past with regards uh, crisis and uh, shameful incidents. We have one in our midst, but we are not dealing with it. I would suggest that one of the ways to resolve it is to telescope the process. So, by when a, a person who makes a real application for, um, for for asylum and for refugee status here, when that 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 real application is made in a timely fashion. And if they succeed, and, and if they are, if it's correct that they, they do need refuge, that they're given refuge. But that the decision is made on the flip side also, that if they're not really seeking or in need of refuge or asylum, that the decision made is made speedily as well. So in
0: other words, if we, if we put a deportation order on somebody and say, sorry, you're an economic migrant, you don't count and you don't qualify, well, should that person be deported and, I'm, I'm, and not be given the possibility then of going for an appeal after appeal after appeal and that, that's what's happening currently.
1: Well, of, of course. So, 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 in other words, people should their, their application should be processed under the law, and the law should be implemented. You know, we're not talking about building walls, but we're also not talking about you know a, a having absolutely open borders. If you have yes. absolutely okay. open borders, then you don't have passport controls anymore. Uh, on uh, uh, and on do you, the do, you be, do
0: you believe Ireland's borders are too soft? About?
1: Uh, Well, no, what I'm saying to you here now, I do want, like, I know there's two sides of this message, and ours is a nuanced message, it it really is, and it's it's an important one. We're saying, simply, that we as a country need to have a discussion around this very sensitive issue, to do it in a respectful fashion and a reasonable fashion. We also believe that there needs to be a plan and that the process needs to be sustainable. So, in other words, that we do have... The numbers coming into the country, that simply reflects the capacity. Now, there's two variables there. There's the numbers coming in and there's the provision of capacity. Our view, to be honest, is that more work needs to be done in the provision of capacity with regards to housing, healthcare and education because that helps the indigenous population as well.
0: But, what, uh, but are you diluting? Somebody just texted in here and said uh, I completely agree with everything Powder is saying, but I think he's been very conscious and cautious of his conversation with you today now and he's maybe diluting his real opinion. Well, no, I,
1: I'm not, what, what I'm saying to you is it is, it is, such, it is a very sensitive um, issue and it's important that it's held. In a very respectful and reasonable fashion, because we don't want the discussion to quickly degenerate into a um, let's say a, a binary question: us against them. Us well, well and, it's not and a binary other...
0: question. I think what people want to know, Potter. We, we know your opinion on the Irish language. Sure. We, we we know your opinion when it comes to abortion. We we want to know what ain't too. But think about immigration in this country and of the identity of this country for the indigenous people, of course, who who live here. They want to know, are we going to keep, I'm not saying keep Ireland for the Irish, but certainly are we going to have more control? Because what they're seeing over the last 10 or 15 years, particularly over the last few years, uh, with some of the independents that are out there and also Lea Franca and many others in Fine Gael, is a free-for-all.
1: Well, what we're saying very clearly is there has to be a link between the numbers of people coming into the country and our ability to cope capacity-wise. Okay. And, 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 and that's very simple. And we're not suggesting at, at the moment that you stop migration. You can't stop migration. It's, but we it's, need to keep it, later, though, it be a King, It would be King Canute like to, to try and stop migration. And it's actually a necessary part of a functioning economy. And as well, it's important to say economic migrants have made a valuable contribution to our country. Ireland is actually you know, had um, one-third of a million economic migrants leave this country in the last decade. But what we're simply saying is, you know, this idea that the government are censoring debate on it that they're saying that anybody who raises concerns with regards to it are racist, that they're xenophobes. That's absolutely disgraceful and it's, it's disgusting. It's, it's censorship in another form.
0: Well, I mean, in many countries around the world, you can go into a country as an economic migrant, but provided you're, you're a fully functioning member of society, i.e. you're contributing and working, you're allowed to stay. But if, you, if you're not working and you become a drain on the system, well, then you're technically not allowed to stay. Well, look, we'll, mo- we'll move away from that sure. and, and move into housing. Housing is probably one of the biggest issues that people want to hear you talk about, Padder, because... There's a huge problem in this country, no matter what way you look at it and who's causing it. There's a problem with not enough houses for the amount of people that we have. How do we solve that? Well, There's
1: two ways. Without without a
0: magic wand, how do we solve
1: it? well, Well, first of all, there's a couple of issues. First of all, there has to be provision of more social housing, for sure. Social and affordable housing. But a lot of people on the left are forgetting about the fact that the private sector is actually stuffed at the moment. So, in other words, right now, because of increasing prices in property and sites, a lot of some developers are sitting on property at the moment, uh, which is appreciating in value. There's more profit to the, to the developer to sit in that land and don't actually build on it than if they actually build on it today and, see, um, and have to pay a lot of tax, obviously, in the building of that land. So, you know, the government mentioned a number of years ago and started the process uh, of creating a a vacant site tax. We're suggesting that that process hasn't been implemented properly at all. And we have to incentivize developers to get that land into the the, the building sector ASAP. Also, in my own county of Meath, there's about 3,500 people who are on the housing waiting list. And there's about 4,000 vacant homes in Meath. And the idea that those vacant homes are just allowed to sit Uh, And become more derelict is absolutely wrong. So, again, what what,
0: what about legislation for vulture funds? At the moment, they're coming into this country buying up hordes of property, as they just did a whole housing estate in Balbriggan, and tax free.
1: But this, and and this is the thing you know, Michael Noonan, uh, literally, and and Fina Gale have, have put down a red carpet for vulture funds and big international. Uh, property firms, and they're buying massive swathes of property currently. Housing estates, they're buying it. Absolutely, and they're buying it because they're getting really low interest rates internationally. Some of those interest rates are below 1%. So in Dublin in 2017, 43% of the houses built were uh, bought by international property uh, firms, squeezing out the first-time buyers in this country, pushing up the prices. And those first-time buyers were probably on interest rates of about three or three and a half percent. So they had a material disadvantage while they were competing against these big vulture funds and, and international property firms. So we're saying uh, very clearly, you know, the government needs to take away the advantages that these firms have and make sure that, that there is a level playing field uh, across the housing sector. And, um, you know, it's it just it, it shocks me uh, each time that Fine Gael, you know, talk about a free market economy, yet they introduce many of the distortions into the housing market that are affecting people's ability to buy houses currently.
0: Right, and in relation, just finally before you go off, Potter. I mean, obviously it's a difficult question to answer because we don't know what's going to happen before the end of this week in Britain. But I mean, I suppose Sinn Fein—the big question they would be asking—is the United Ireland. Is there a possibility of a referendum? Do you believe this brings Ireland close to closer to a possibility? And do the Irish people in the Republic of Ireland really want United Ireland?
1: Well, it's interesting. The Clare Byrne Show North E did a, a poll there a couple of weeks ago, and they asked people: In the case of a hard Brexit, would you support Uh, Irish unity and 87% of the people who were asked that question said yes. In the north of Ireland Could we afford it Pat, well, sixteen.
0: What's it 16 billion a year? I well mean, first
1: of all the, the, the north of Ireland's economy is an economic backwater due to the fact that it doesn't have self-determination due to the fact that London doesn't give a damn about uh, the, yeah, but the but north but they have of Ireland
0: well, but, but they have a high social welfare bill up there. I mean you've got the well, highest rate of disability payments because of the troubles of course and many people who are suffering from depression and all sorts of other uh, problems up there. So I mean, you have a huge, massive bill up there of six, well, the, the British government there. But listen,
1: but, but hear, hear me now, right? In, in, when partition happens, uh, 80% of the industrial development on Ireland was happening in three counties around Belfast. There, the, the income per individual at that time was twice the rate it was in the south. Belfast was the biggest city. The south was an agricultural backwater. The only manufacturing that happened was beer and biscuits in the south. And all of that flipped I believe in part because of the fact that self-determination was denied to the people of North North of Ireland. If you're in control of your own economic de- destiny, you will do a better job of it than if somebody else is in control of it. But, but yeah, but Sinn Féin are
0: the very ones, I mean, when you were part of Sinn Féin, were giving out about the housing minister down here, Owen uh, own Murphy, in relation to people in temporary accommodation, with 10,000 people or whatever it was. Sure, in the North of Ireland, you have 12,000 families in temporary accommodation. Oh, listen, so, I mean, the, it's just the as bad. The, the north and they've in been thin- in power. They've the, been, Sinn Féin have been up there for the last, God knows, how many years.
1: But I'll tell you, the North is in bits with regards to housing poverty, health poverty, and education poverty. The, so, the, do we?
0: So, do we need that part, or do we need to be part of that? But <laughs> what, I'm what I'm saying asking. to
1: you is, actually, the solution is unity. The solution is self determination. Uh, the fact that the the, the North economy is, is in the bad shape is because of the lack of unity. If you have unity, for example, you will increase the local market by thirty seven percent. You will increase our representation in the European Union by twenty five percent. You will you will actually increase. The, Kurt Hubner. Is a yeah, but, yeah,
0: but that's only powder if you don't have unity, whereby, you know, say one country is not part of a customs union. We've been both part of the customs union for God knows how long. We work side by side. It's not like there really is a division between the North and the South but, anyway. But there is, there's there, no, there but, is no but, physical and, and, but, border. No, nope,
1: like, I'll tell you, like the all-Ireland economy hasn't been developed at all in the last 15 years. Business seeks the path of least resistance, but we have so many barriers uh, on the island of Ireland. Well, sure. like the currency is the only barrier, for, really, isn't it? You, you take excise duty, for example. Excise duty and the, the changes of the exchange rates on a regular basis means that on one occasion the north is boom town and the south is a ghost town. And then those, those uh, two, two issues change. And then the south is a boom town and the north is a ghost town. And that means that nobody's going to do any long-term investment in, in, in that particular border corridor because there is no confidence with regards to what the future will hold. So all I'm saying is that you know, if you look at Britain itself, only the home counties are doing well economically. The north of uh, England, Wales and Scotland are suffering. And that's because Westminster focuses on the home counties, with regards to economic development. If well, if
0: there, if, finally, because I have to wrap it up, but if there was a referendum up there, do you believe the people of Republic of Ireland should be allowed to vote? Because the oh, suggestion... To, well, I, well the suggestion if they, if they only voted up North, it'd be 50-50 anyway,
1: wouldn't I it? I believe that there has to be an All-Ireland um, referendum on, on unity. I believe it's a matter of uh, a couple of years away, and I, and I believe it's going to happen. I think, actually, you mentioned... Well, it <laughs> on what happens before the end of the week, really, doesn't it? You mentioned there a while ago about David Cameron. David Cameron called a Brexit vote without any plan to, do, to deal with what would happen afterwards. Right now we have a, a political establishment in the south, who are, we are at the verge of this opportunity of unity and yet they have absolutely no plan. AIM2 is calling for an all-Ireland's constitutional convention you where know, the elected reps of, of the country can come together and let's map, a, map out what uh, Irish unity will look at now before uh, the, the referendum happens.
0: All right, listen, thank you very much indeed, Padder Tobin uh, from INTO, And uh, they will be putting some uh, party members or candidates, should I say, into the local elections this year if you want to keep an eye out for them. There you go. You've heard what he's all about and what his party's all about. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show.
1: Classic hits.